Hi, today we're talking to Dr. Anna Asoski um, of Carrollton West Pet Hospital, and we're going to be talking about chronic egg laying in pet parrots and what to be, what to do, and how to take care of it, and when it becomes a problem, and when you need to freak out, and when you don't need to freak out. <laughs> well, glad to be here today. Um, first, I wanted to just talk about um, why we care when birds start laying a lot of eggs. Um, you know, it's pretty common for our pet birds to lay eggs in captivity and usually it's just a sign that they're happy and in their environment and feel safe and want and to they're reproduce. Healthy. Yeah, right. yeah. And it's all pretty quite normal that yeah. they're going to do all this. It's and not surprising so. that they'll lay some eggs. But it can definitely become a problem in birds. Um, and in those cases, we do need to do something about it. Probably our most frequent offenders are cockatiels who just love to lay eggs like crazy. And sometimes they'll just, they're, they're what we call indeterminate layers, so they won't stop necessarily. They can just get into a pattern like chickens where they just lay an egg every other day. Um, and that can really get them into trouble. And how many is when you need to start being concerned about? Like what's mm -hmm. the, like your number? Or... It's gonna depend on the bird. Um, most parrots lay clutches of about three to five eggs. Um, and I would say most birds, if you know, they lay a clutch every now and then, like my umbrella cockatoo will lay four eggs usually a year, um, and I don't worry about it too much. But if they're laying frequent clutches, like they lay their three to five eggs, you know, once a month, um, or they're just continually laying, like cockatiels sometimes do like one egg every other day um, for any period of time, you know, if they do that for a month or two, then I think we need to start doing some stuff to try to get them to stop laying. Yeah, and do you think these guys are just getting overstimulated I do and think causing that's, some of the problems? I yeah. do think that's definitely a lot of the problem, um, especially in the cockatoos because they're so snuggly and they like to cuddle with their people and we tend to handle them in ways that are very sexual. And we don't mean for it to be sexual handling, but it tends to be where we're petting them all over their body and we're snuggling them in close and hugging them uh, and letting you know, any kind of bird hide under our shirt or snuggle under the blanket with us. Those are sort of, those sorts of things are mimicking nest box behavior and the, the stuff where we're petting them all over is sort of mimicking, you know, like the male mounting the female. And so these are really stimulatory things and we do need to keep that in mind. Um, that helps both from a, if we aren't so sexual with our birds, then that helps from a behavioral perspective. They're less likely to be trying to kill other members of the family if they don't think that you're their bonded mate and you're trying to reproduce. And they're less likely to try to lay eggs if they're not so sexually stimulated all the time. Well, yeah, that's true. And then yeah, my, my scarlet macaw that has laid, and I think she's about to lay, it seems to be this time of year, which we're talking in January right now, mm -hmm. seems to be like the time of year we do see a lot of behavior issues. And then we see a lot of behaviors actually starting up in December where we're they're getting into the hormones mm -hmm. and I think yeah. we get busy with our lives too and then stressful for right. the holidays and the birds just feed stressful. off of that yeah, yeah. they kind of all feed off of everything and that can be where those things so the um, female my macaw just she just lays well she laid four last year she was 18 that was the first time she's laying but she's acting kind of clucky uh -huh. and when I say she's acting clucky they're sitting in the bottom of the cage clucking right so that would be what that means doing some nesting behaviors. Yeah, yeah yeah and she's kind of been real territorial and then she's, uh -huh. they start a lot of wood chewing too I think right. they're getting ready for the nest. They're trying to make a nest, yeah. 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 And it depends on what their nesting behaviors are, what they're going to do. But yeah. My bird, I know, is getting ready when she starts masturbating on everything. I mean, she'll just, she yeah. has a chain in her cage. That happens too, yeah. Put her butt up against it and pan, so... You know, some birds will want it. Like my male likes to try and masturbate on my hand. I don't let him because he definitely becomes territorial towards my husband if he's allowed to do sexual things with me. 
Yeah. So depends and on the bird. Now, why don't we neuter birds? Like, I mean, what is the, I mean, it's real, well, first of all, they don't have the external organs, so it's not like it's an easy surgery. No. But, um, and it's pretty much not really a practice that people do at all. We're not very excited about it for several reasons. One, there's always the ethical concern that, you know, these are potentially endangered animals, and do you really want to have them not be able to breed? But I do think a lot of our birds are definitely going to be pet birds and so I don't have that problem most of the time yeah um, but the other perspective is just that it's really hard to do so their blood vessels that attach their gonads or their testicle or their ovary to their aorta is very very short and so if you go in there and try to remove it it's pretty good chance especially if you're not really just an amazing avian surgeon that you'll make them bleed to death and so we're not obviously very excited about that so we don't tend to do it just as a you know, preventative Predative. thing like yeah. we would in um, a dog or a cat. And in fact, when we say we're going to spay a bird, what we're really doing is just taking out um, the oviduct. We can't actually take the ovary out. So they're um, so still going to have the hormonal stuff when they they're do They're still going to have it, yeah. but there seems to be some sort of communication between the, um, the oviduct and uterus and the ovary such that when you take the oviduct and uterus out, um, they do tend to stop producing more eggs. The exceptions being that... Uh, Sometimes ducks will still produce um, eggs, you know, continually after that, which can be a problem. And I've heard people say pigeons, and I've heard other people say, or doves, that, that they don't have that problem. But that's not usually a big problem in parrots if yeah. you do have to spay them. Um, but I did want to just mention some of the side effects that can occur with birds that chronically lay eggs. And so that's why we don't want them to do it. Um, one problem can be that they can become calcium deficient. An interesting fact I read was that um, with finches, seven of their eggs equals their entire body's calcium. Wow. So that's how that's much like calcium a lot of calcium for them. So yeah. you can imagine if, I mean, you never, if you bought your bird from kookaburras, will have your bird on a calcium deficient diet. But that's why, you know, when people just have but their But they could not eat what you're giving They might them. not eat yeah, what, you're offering them. what you're offering them. So, so if you have a cockatiel or a budgie, for example, who are some of our most common offenders for the egg laying situation, um, they're often um, on a calcium deficient diet. And so then they're laying all these eggs and they have to get the calcium from their bones. Um, and then they start to get... Uh, really weak bones and their bones can break. I've seen them just lose almost all of the bone and wow. then they start just breaking everything. Now, now I've had um, conures that were chronic egg layers and as well as um, rock pebble or parakeets before and uh, I do, you do notice when you start having problems that, first of all, if they're starting to have calcium pumps, the egg sizes and shapes will right. start changing. So that is That's a, good a point. real, like, so be watching, so you want to make sure these eggs are big, fat, plump, healthy they eggs. They should be normal, hard, hard shell yeah. eggs. If you're so, starting to see soft-shelled or malformed Malformed, yeah, that's when you start point. having a problem. Yeah, and even these birds were on a pellet diet, almost all pellets, but they were still, they having were just, issues. yeah. Because it's so much calcium, it that's what I'm saying, it's hard to keep and up And then with some it. of these birds' eggs, in proportion, they're, you know, everybody, all the birds have different size eggs, and some of them are really big compared, big. yeah, compared and to... And that brings up, you know, one of the other treatments is, um, first of all, these birds, especially if they're like cockatiels or budgies, they should have access to a cuddle bone when they're, especially when they're laying, to get extra calcium. It's a good calcium source. But also, if I have a chronic egg layer, I will often have people give them calcium supplementation, um, like through a syringe, squirting it into their mouth yeah. once a day, or in their water if the owners can't do that. 
um, the syringe in the mouth. Um, just when they're laying. I don't want them to be on the calcium year-round because it can be hard on their kidneys. But when they're laying, I think their calcium demand is so high that giving them a little supplement is going to reduce the risk of some of the other problems that can occur um, with egg laying. So when you get calcium deficient and you're trying to lay eggs, um, you need calcium for your muscles to work. And yeah. so they won't contract as strong so if you're calcium deficient. So the yeah. uterus, you know, the yeah. muscles in the uterus can't push hard enough and the egg gets stuck in there. Or the egg is malformed <clears throat> and so they're having a hard time getting it to come out. And then isn't there a stage when the egg needs to get hard, like it goes through along and it doesn't get hard right till the end if they don't have enough calcium, then you get the right. soft egg. Right, what so you'll get called? the soft shelled egg in yeah. the uterus. Um, and then they can't gets, push it out. Right. Yeah, because so, exactly. it's not, because it's not hard. Yeah. The shell's made in the, the shell gland or okay. uterus. Um, <laughs> so uh, anyway, yeah, if it's soft shell, then it's going to also be harder to push out. Um, and sometimes things will start to back up when they're chronic egg layers, and so... So what does that mean? So that so means you'll end up with like peas in a pod in their oviduct, so they keep trying to lay eggs, but then they're getting stuck um, in the reproductive tract, and so they keep laying more. Seems really stupid. You think their bodies would know to stop, but cockatiels' bodies at least don't know. Yeah. Um, and they'll just all line up in the oviduct, and then they don't have anywhere else to go. They start just going into the coelom, which is basically the bird's abdominal cavity, and they have a whole bunch of egg yolk in there. And obviously that's not a healthy situation either. They get, they get bacterial and septic, they can get bacterial, and yes. stuff. Yeah. You know, you just know egg yolk is a great place to grow bacteria. So it yeah. starts out sterile, but it's easy for bacteria to get in there. And then they can become very sick. And again, really, you know, if you were going to try and do surgery to clean that out, it's just so hard to do. So you just don't, you want to try not, try to, not to get to that point. Get in that situation. Um, now, do you think that the full spectrum lighting so they can get their vitamin D? Yeah, vitamin D. Yeah, from yeah. the full spectrum to help the absorption of calcium. So do you think that they need to have a light as well? Or what have you well, found that making a, a difference? Question. Or? I mean, that's an area that we haven't probably done enough research in. And some people say all pet birds should have a full spectrum light. Um, I think African grays at the very least. Yeah. Definitely. I think a lot of that depends on where light. your birds come from yeah. and you need to know whether you have an arboreal bird right. that's underneath the canopy or right. is he out in the desert like the African grays or the right. wherever it's I don't know if it's necessarily called a desert but it's pretty dry not a lot of right. trees um so they, they they're getting full sun right. 12 hours a day right now um but do you think that that would help a few have you seen I know that the canary breeders and finch breeders Find swear by the yeah, full spectrum lighting. Yeah, I think if you're really having any sort of calcium issue with your bird, that's probably a good idea. Good idea, because it, it'll add, because it helps the, mm -hmm. them. What's that process? The process so the called. vitamin D, that sunlight allows us to produce, us as well as birds, to produce vitamin D. And vitamin D allows increased absorption of calcium. Okay. So you can shoot as much into the GI tract as you want. If they don't absorb it, if they just poop it out, it's not doing us any good. Okay. So making sure that they're getting some vitamin D through full-spectrum light or sunlight if it's yeah. that time of year when they can yeah. be brought outside. Which I think, too, um, a lot of the full-spectrum, when you do research on that, I think a lot of it depends on where you live. I mean, living down here in Texas, we're southern, we get a lot more light. Mm -hmm. You know, our days don't get as short. Mm -hmm. I think the birds are getting, maybe don't need it as much as, like, if right. you're living up in Minnesota. Right, where, where you they, might need they, it. Yeah, yeah, they have but five But it is important to know, you know, yeah. as far as sunshine goes, they can't be getting it through glass because no. it filters out it filters the, out all the UV, UV yeah. light that you would need. Yeah. Um, I'm trying to think what else we see with chronic egg laying. I mean, definitely the infections in the um, in the bird's abdomen. Um, and and we, then, we also wanted to talk about the Lupron and mm -hmm. like what the Lupron is and what right. why would you use it and how. Well, as far as chronic egg laying, there's several things that we try to do to manage it. A lot of it is what what you do at home. So we'll end up we can go through that next if you want. But okay. 
the, when I think of chronic angling, I want to tell people the things they can do at home to manage the problem, the medical things that we can do, and then the surgical options, which are usually not my first choice. Um, so medically, we have the calcium supplementation, which we already talked about, but we can also do hormones. And what we found originally worked was using um, estrogen, progesterone type compounds to get birds to stop laying, and it actually works really well and it's inexpensive, but Unfortunately, it turned out it had a whole bunch of side effects, which are potentially life-threatening to birds. So we don't like to use don't those Don't like to do that anymore. anymore. Yeah. Well, I guess that would works. solve your uh, egg laying problem. Right. But then your bird has <laughs> diabetes yeah. or liver failure, you know, whatever. Then you don't have a bird anymore. So right. that's so, not that's necessarily the solution that we're looking <clears throat> we for. We try not yeah. to use that. So a drug that we found um, in the last maybe seven, eight years to be very helpful is something called luprolide acetate or Lupron. And it's a little confusing. It's a GNR, GNRH um, agonist. So it's again anatropin um, releasing hormone like drug um, and so actually that drug causes us to produce hormones that would actually stimulate the reproductive tract but our theory is it works because we give so much of the drug that it sort of overwhelms the system and the system says oh my gosh there's so much of this let's just shut down um, so we think that's how it works but because it is initially stimulating hormones you will sometimes see for the first three days after you give the drug sort of an increase in the bird's reproductive activity like they might actually act more reproductive or light egg yeah so don't think it doesn't work if it if that happens for three days but then the system should shut down and the only really solid research that's been done was in cockatiels and it seemed like it worked for three to four weeks so it doesn't work a really long time so if you have a bird that's only laying once or twice a year, then that could be possibly an It's issue. probably, yeah. I mean, if they're only laying once or twice a year and they're not getting sick from it, like they're not getting then, eggs and stuck all the inside eggs are nice of them and healthy, or then anything do you, like that. I just kind of let I would just be. let them yeah, lay their let eggs. Them be, yeah. But if they're having problems, like um, they're getting eggs stuck in them routinely, or we know that they already have an infection in their belly from laying too many eggs, or um, I've had like budgies that will prolapse their, well any bird can do this, but prolapse their reproductive tract every time they try to lay those birds. And what does that look like, just so people know what it they're looking It looks like there's like really their insides pink, are coming red out. tissue yeah. coming out of their vent, out yeah. of their little bottom. Yeah. Um, so, you know, if those things happen, I don't want those birds to lay any more eggs, so I'll give them a Lupron shot. And also sometimes with the chronic egg layers, and I just need to get to try and stop the cycle, sometimes just one shot is enough to shut the bird down for six months. So yeah. maybe the bird lays all the time, but you give them one shot, maybe they shut them down for six months. My bird, I gave her a Lupron shot, she laid an egg every two weeks. I didn't give her Lupron, she laid an egg every two weeks for so four not, eggs. So not really, I just it doesn't affect her. her, yeah. So some birds it's going to work in and some it won't. And something Michelle brought up with me before we started is just do the birds become resistant to it? And it does seem like you give a bird enough Lupron shots and it stops working. And I, I think there's two potential reasons why. One, some people brought up, do they develop antibodies against it? And I guess that's a possibility. It's just a synthetic hormone. So I don't know why they would develop antibodies, but if it's different enough from their hormone, they might start recognizing it as a different thing and destroy it. I think it's more likely that what happens is the body just gets used to having so much of the hormone around and just sort of resets itself because it's thinking, well, there's always a ton of this hormone, so we just won't worry about it and start laying again. Start laying so, again, yeah. Um, so but it you, is safe. It's, it's a, a safe safer, drug. We no, really, have we seen any side effects? We really have not identified any side effects with yeah. this drug. So um, I do think it's a safe drug to use, and I do think And what are the costs? What is the cost involved? And, like, do you yeah. monitor? Is there any kind of monitoring you have to do when you're doing it? Or You what? really don't need to monitor no. anything okay. when you do it. Um, Cost-wise, it depends on how it's being done. Um, I'm still at the point where I'm ordering it per bird. So I order it from a compounding pharmacy in Georgia, and uh, they send it over to me, and it ends up being 
you know, I think like $40, $50 for a small bird like a cockatiel, but it can be a lot, you know, $90 if you have a cockatoo or a macaw yeah. or something that you're trying to treat with it. So it can be costly. I know some other clinics just have a larger supply on hand, and so they may actually charge less because they don't have shipping fees each time. Yeah, so this is just a roundabout cost. This isn't necessarily the cost, so you need to contact your vet right, for that. Yeah, but this it's is not just a ballpark. A ballpark. And, just you know, like, it can yeah. just get costly if you have to do it every month. If your yeah. bird has severe enough reproductive tract disease that your vet really feels like they need a shot every month. And I have had cases where I felt like I needed to Well, yeah. And then how, like, what are the surgeries? Like if you have to say we have to get to the surgery, usually if we get to the surgery point that you've had a lot of vet, like you've been into the vet oh, a like, lot. What's the cost yeah. The like surgery? what is, do we even know? I don't, I don't know. know. I guess it depends the on the surgeon, but I would expect it'd be a thousand dollars. thousand dollars. Okay. Depending. I just haven't tried to get we don't it done know. here. Yeah. I know how much it would be. Where in, I used to in work. California, yeah. Um, so, but the prices are pretty much the same nationwide, yeah, roughly, similar. roughly. Yeah, and the problem with surgery is that really, again, we don't know how to. It, the they're so close to the right. The well, so it's vein. hard surgery, it's hard but I mean, it, certainly competent avian surgeons can can remove the the ovaduct, not the yeah. ovary, but the ovaduct and uterus. Yeah. You know, that can be done. The problem is that people usually wait until the bird is really, really, really sick, sick to do the surgical intervention, and then they're not the best surgical candidate. So if you know your bird's a chronic egg layer and you're concerned it might have problems and you really are thinking about surgery, definitely it's better to be more aggressive and less aggressive in yeah. terms of getting it done if you really think you'd pursue it. You don't want to wait until they're hanging by a thread and then try to do this. Yeah, I did. I mean, I've had a bird, well, the chronic egg legging rock pebbler. Um, she started with having, she had gotten an infection and then she had actually had malformed eggs. So we did, she did not make it through surgery, but the surgery was, she didn't bleed out. That wasn't the problem. It's the anesthesia. Um, anesthesia. And, and, anesthesia. Yeah. and then, but you know, we're talking about a 15 year old bird yeah. that had been chronically egg laying. Right. So how is the anesthesia affect a 15 year old bird? Right. You know, ana no, anesthesia for a bird yeah. is always a question anyways, right. we, because they're they're weird and I mean, they're, 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 I mean birds are kind of odd right. in their whole they don't react like the other animals do so, I mean it's yeah. not as scary as it used to be I think a lot of it it's was better yeah. that we would let them get cold and now we know how to keep them, keep them warm, warm and, and so I do think that's a lot of it and we have safer anesthetic gases and whatnot but I mean it's a big surgery it and is I a big surgery you should go into it no, and, you're, and you are going into it with a bird that's that wasn't and I mean, she you, wasn't in the best which is why she was having the surgery you have to go into that surgery knowing that there is definitely a chance your bird might not make it yeah and you really have to know that so that's what you know it stops people they don't want to kill their bird with the surgery obviously um let's also talk and you probably have a lot of input on this too like things people can do at home to to try and reduce the sort of sexual stimulation i think a lot have. of these birds are overstimulated by our environments mm -hmm. and probably the main the main thing that i see in pretty much all bad behavior what we consider bad behaviors these birds aren't getting enough sleep and I mean, you're right, they, yeah. yeah, I mean, and they probably 10 to 12 hours, and we probably need to push it to the 12 hours right. more so. And, and I know they're laying a lot of eggs. It's would, good for a couple of weeks to even have 14, like 16, 16 hours. hours. Yeah, and you may have to get anyway. like a um, a travel cage or something that you put in a closet. Not right. that you're keeping your bird in the closet, right. but, but they're, sleeping that they're sleeping in there someplace quiet that's right. going to be away from the TV because and everything. You need to yeah. know that any disruption of that, if you're trying to get them to think it's not a good time to lay, that it's dark for yeah. long periods of time and they're sleeping for 16 hours if you go and turn a light on in the middle of that you might actually reset their whole clock and mess up your whole thing so yeah. it does have to be somewhere it completely has to be dark, dark like yeah. a closet or a yeah. bathroom or something someplace like yeah and they um 
Though I have found, I have found with my macaw that if there's a light on in the room in, versus complete, I think if she's in a completely dark room, she actually thinks that's a nest box. Oh, interesting. Where if there's actually light. Now, that's just an observation. Right. When she has the the light on, she's right. not as cranky in the morning. I don't know what's up with that. Okay. I think, you know, she's not as clucky. Right. So, um, I, I, that's something to observed on her behavior. Right. So, I put a little night light in okay, there. So, it's good. not, and I don't know if that's just her right. idiosyncrasy, right. but I, I don't know. It's, we have okay. some of these things. We can't do scientific studies right. on them. Right. We just have to go by observation. Right. Um, the other thing that I think that a lot of people, you're talking about the petting. Um, you know, I don't pet her around the vent and stuff like right. that. But I do go ahead and let her chew as much as she wants right. to. It's I, hard to. I, it's be, because... I think then if you don't have the wood toys in there, they're just they're going to chew on something. They start chewing on their cages and stuff like that. That can cause all kinds of other issues sure. with you know if they. But I would the say if so. there's a particular toy that they like to masturbate on, it might be good to take, take that, that out. toy away. Yeah. Um, or if you have a nest box in the cage, I definitely take that away. They don't need a nest box. Yeah, and I always take out the person. little huts and right. any if kind it's of a those bird things. that likes to sit yeah. in a hut, it might be making that its nest it's box. Nesting. Yeah. Um, if they're chewing up a lot of like newspaper at the bottom of the cage, trying to make a nest you might just not use change the, the bedding yeah um my old boss her Moluccan cockatoo like to lay eggs every year and she actually put down um contact paper on the bottom of the cage like the sticky stuff and she would just use a sponge and wipe up yeah, the dirtiness every day every day yeah. um, rather than using paper just during that time of year yeah um if there's uh i had another family with a cockatiel that would lay eggs certain times a year and they found if they didn't let the men in the house touch the cockatiel during that period of time just the women, then she would do fine. So you might have to try different things. Just try different things. I yeah, think, too, changing them up. And, you know, even moving, if you start seeing the behavior, moving right. the pole cage, right. moving everything around in the cage. So right. move the perches so around, the dishes, anything. security is disrupted. disruptive. And then move, yeah. if you can move the cage into a separate different room altogether, that can help. All these, like, trying to get them a little bit discombobulated because they really only lay when they're comfortable. Right. And so if you're trying to get them... Not well, the, and unfortunately, a lot of, a lot of birds, the, it doesn't matter. The cockatiels yeah. don't care. Yeah. Um, <laughs> and cockatiels, I found, and this makes sense because they're from an arid environment, relatively speaking, um, that rain seems to be stimulating to them. And I've actually had some cockatiels, I thought, a fountain. Like, they kept laying. It was weird. Um, but they had a fountain outside of their room. And I think that that... Maybe they sound on the rain. It yeah. sounded like rain. And that makes sense that they would they lay when it's raining because if it's arid, then right. four weeks later, they're going to have food right. to, feed babies, to feed their babies. To feed their babies. Some that's people fair. say, you know, if you have a bird that's a chronic layer, you should maybe let it lay fertile eggs. But, um, and then that way it'll go through the whole cycle of raising its young. And it's, so it's obviously not going to lay eggs every other day if it's taking care of a clutch of babies. But I have a couple of problems with that. And the main one being that then are you going to have babies who are chronic egg layers? If it's hair, you know, genetic trait, which I don't know. We don't know. Yeah. But it still makes me uncomfortable. Um, and then I don't do think that. that a lot of people want to breed their pets, right. per se. I mean, let's be realistic on that. You, you might That's a whole other topic that we um, don't have time I, to discuss today. I do think that if your bird is interested in sitting on the eggs, you should let them I sit let them on their sit, eggs yeah. because hopefully then they'll stop laying eggs until... You know, their eggs should hatch, and I just take the eggs away when they're not interested. Yeah, and I usually, it's usually around 30 days. And exactly. if you look at the majority of these parrots, the citizens, their incubation periods between 20 and 30 days. Right. And they'll on usually the sit on them about yeah. a month, exactly. And then, yeah, and then now, some birds, like my bird, pecks holes in her eggs, so I don't leave her eggs in there because she just kills them. Miranda doesn't care about hers either, so yeah. that's, which is my scarlet for those right. of y'all who don't know. And yeah, so I just take hers out too. Right. And um, it's not going to work in all no. cases. Yeah. So the things you can do, like I said, don't pet them in a sexual way. Make sure they're getting a lot of dark period if they if you need to shut them down for some reason. Yeah. Um, make sure they're not masturbating on something all the time. Take that away. 
that they don't have a nest box or nesting material, but that you're letting them sit on their eggs. So those are the main things you all can do at home, plus making sure they're on a good diet and that they yeah. have calcium supplements. And they do eat like a lot more food, so mm -hmm. you may have to increase your food quantity that mm -hmm. they're eating. That's a um, good point. Yeah. It takes a lot of calories. And then their poop might be a little runnier and they might hold it longer yeah. when they're laying. Um, but if you do notice that they're laying every other day and all of a sudden they're not laying anymore and they were straining to try to lay, they could be egg bound. And, and then in a little do they, bird, poop, they don't poop when they're egg bound or depends on where the egg is. And so if you do think they might be egg bound, um, especially in a budgie or a cockatiel, that's an emergency and you really should bring them to your vet right away. If it's a larger bird, it's less of an like, immediate emergency, but it is something you should bring them in for pretty quickly. Yeah. The, and what do you do? Say you have an egg bound bird. What is the, What do we do with that? I usually start with medical management. Sometimes all I have to do is hydrate them because a moist reproductive tract passes an egg better. I give them a calcium supplement, put them in a dark, humid, quiet place. I mean, some of these things you could do at home, but... Um, and leave them for a little while and uh, sometimes I'll just pass it on their own. If that doesn't work then a lot of times we end up trying to anesthetize them and see if we can get the egg out either by just manually sort of pushing it out gently um, or sometimes you have to try and suck the contents out of it and squish it. Not my favorite way to go. I've seen complications from that uh, but sometimes that's what you that's have to do. Have to and do sometimes you have to do surgery to remove it and remove that's it. the only way that's to get it. Way to get it. Yeah. Wow and so um, now I, when they're um, that is one thing about the surgery when you do the reproductive surgery, and I don't know if this has changed now, but the birds have to have the the um, eggs in their tract for them to be able to remove them. So you can't just take your bird in to have the surgery. Like say you have a chronic egg layer, is that still oh, the no, case? Oh no, no, you is can that, remove it without having the. Is egg that okay? In there. So they've gotten better. It just gives you a little something to look, look for. Look at the egg yeah. is there, but yeah. no, you don't have to have it there. So they didn't have to. It. Okay, because. That, well, it was several years ago yeah. when we had our when I had my well, bird done. So oh okay yeah it was long done. yeah I had a well, we should make it yeah we should make it and we and um and then we had another bird that um I still have that Connor she's 25 years old and she was getting kind of chronic egg laying and then she actually got a uterine infection oh, okay. that we treated mm -hmm. and then she must have um, self. Uh, neutered herself because the infection must have damaged her organs because she never laid an egg after oh, okay. that. So which that can happen. That can happen. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I mean it used to happen. Um, when they imported birds and they over-medicated them, it mm. would damage a lot of organs. Now, mm. have they ever thought of doing like a chemical neutering on these birds? Has anybody even thought about That's that? That's a good or question. I'm sure someone's thought about it, but um, I active research. I know active research on parents. birds is like not well, like well. I mean, there's tons on chickens. chickens you yeah, know, probably someone's done something like that on a chicken. Um, they did try with the budgies giving them tamoxifen, which is used for women with uh, breast cancer. I think. Yeah, um, and it's an anti-estrogen medication and it worked really well to get the budgies to have lower estrogen levels like the hens their sears um, turned back to being blue oh wow yeah yes. that's stimulated by yeah. the brown is stimulated yeah. by estrogen but their white blood cell counts got really low Oh, and so then they so I'm yeah, feel problems. a little uncomfortable about that drug still. So. Yeah. <laughs> so we're still working on that one to see right. if that's going to do anything. So, yeah, I guess just the research realm of research on avian is there's not a lot of money out there for it. So right. I don't know if anybody's kind of doing that. Though maybe there might be. We just don't yeah. know about it yet. A lot of people, people do things in the of, universities we have no idea They're of. doing different things like using lasers to take the ovaries and the testicles. Oh, out. good. It's a little bit safer. Yeah. Um, and Scott Eccles down in Austin, who we like to make do our surgeries because he's so good at it. Um, he's an excellent surgeon, but he actually can remove the ovaries from birds without killing them most of the time. Yeah. Better than anyone else can, but yeah. um, I certainly am not doing it. Yeah, he's <laughs> the one who performed it on our bir my bird. But, you know, she was not good, and the surgery went well. She just didn't wake up from the anesthetic. Right. And so... 
but you know, I'm, when these birds get older, you know, you don't know, like, is the anesthetic affecting them so differently? And right. uh, who knows? I mean, it was, what it else was, is going on? Yeah, what else is going on? And it was, gosh, probably five, six, seven, eight years ago. Yeah. It was a while back. So, I mean, I'm sure things have gotten better mm-hmm. on that. My last one I tried to do, the owners, it was an egg-bound Amazon, and the owners wanted us to try out medical management first. And by the time they decided that we should do surgery, which was like a week later, the bird was just so debilitated. She died on induction. I mean, before we even did the surgery, she yeah. died because we just waited too long. Yeah. And so you just have to be, you can't let them get to that right. point. And because the birds, we're talking about days, sometimes even hours. Right. Yeah. So y'all so, know, since you're listening to this, I'm sure you've all been educated. You know, birds get sick more quickly and they hide their signs of illness well. So anytime there's yeah. anything that might be amiss, definitely bring them to your veterinarian. Yeah. And get them checked out. So um, do we want to recap a little bit? So we want to, if we have a bird that is, first of all, not all birds, because they're female, are going to be chronic egg layers. Okay, first of all, let's clarify that the percentage of birds that I see that maybe, it's maybe 10% of the females, maybe, and that's probably a high number. It's probably lower than that. Um, and, and a I'm lot sure of overrepresented it. overrepresented by cockatiels. Yeah, I was going to say <laughs> the two, and it seems like the, the umbrella cockatoos seem to be the worst offenders in the parrot world um as far as that kind but and then the cockatiels i don't know that like all cockatiels it seems like if the colony race i will have to say i have a colony of cockatiels that's three well it's a three and it's two female there's two females and a male but they don't they're not chronic they'll lay lay eggs and they kind of you know, they try to have babies but it didn't make it they didn't feed it or something and i tried to hand feed it and it didn't it was just too gone by the time i discovered that the egg was actually fertile and it was in the bottom of the cage and they had thrown it out twice oh, and no. it was just anyways it was an hour old, so you know it's not a whole lot you can do with it. But and actually, all the rest of the eggs weren't even fertile. So yeah, so, yeah. and I don't know do that. Like I think maybe if they're in a group, they don't do it as much. Mm-hmm. Maybe it's yeah. more the individuals that mm-hmm. get overstimulated, yeah. which is what I do see that. Yeah. And so we just have to be careful with how we are with them. And mm-hmm. I really think it's important to know like where your birds come from and like monsoon. Like if you know, do you come from an arid region? Mm-hmm. Region though, the umbrellas come from like huge rainforest right. so but i don't my bird know does like to lay in the winter this like the winter does. yeah and this time of year does seem to be but this is when we start the breeding season this is when the beginning of the breeding mm. season which is so why yeah it then. does make sense yeah um so yeah, handle them appropriately make sure they have good nutrition um it's okay to lay some eggs as long as you're not yeah. running into the problems we already talked about. and i usually for me the golden number seems to be in a three-month time period of 10. Okay. If you get over 10, it can be... A problem. That's a problem, because that's more than two clutches. Yeah. And so, I think, to me, that just seems... I don't know if that's a kind of arbitrary number, yeah. but it just seems sure. to be that that's a lot. Yeah. They would never lay that many in the wild. And, then, again, we have to go back to looking at what what are they doing in the wild. Yeah. And I have a handout that summarizes all this. Is it on the I'm going to put it on. I've got I've to get it on to okay. the blog but we'll get it onto the blog this is the podcast so we'll get it onto the blog too so we can have some of the different so if things you want to read about, read it, about it as well as doing it. yeah okay yeah. so i think that's good if anybody has any other questions um dr osofsky's at carrollton west animal hospital and what's the phone number over there it's 972-492-1828 and you can ask some questions and though you or maybe schedule an appointment if you want to get a detailed description of you know getting your bird's health and getting especially if you have a chronic egg layer and get them all organized. Thank you, and y'all have a good afternoon.